Are you saying the map is wrong? Oh dear, yes. Uh, look at Greenland. Okay. Now look at Africa. Okay. The two land masses appear to be roughly the same size. Yes. Would it blow your mind if I told you that Africa is in reality 14 times larger? Yes. Here we have Europe drawn considerably larger than South America when it's 6.9 million square miles, South America is almost double the size of Europe's 3.8 million. Alaska appears three times as large as Mexico when Mexico is larger by 0.1 million square miles. Germany appears in the middle of the map when it's in the northernmost quarter of the Earth. Wait, wait, relative size is one thing, but you're telling me that Germany isn't where we think it is? Nothing's where you think it is. Where is it? I'm glad you asked. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? This is the conspiratorial view of history, as opposed to the accidental view. And it is the conspiratorial view that we shall present in this program. The human brain is a network of approximately 100 billion neurons. Different experiences create different neural connections which bring about different emotions. And depending on which neurons get stimulated, certain connections become stronger and more efficient, while others may become weaker. This is what's called neuroplasticity. Someone who trains to be a musician will create stronger neural connections that link the two hemispheres of the brain in order to be musically creative. Virtually any sort of talent or skill can be created through training. Rudiger Gam, who was a self-admitted hopeless student, used to fail at basic math and went on to train his abilities and became a famous human calculator capable of performing extremely complex mathematics. Rationality and emotional resilience work the same way. These are neural connections that can be strengthened. Whatever you are doing at any time, you are physically modifying your brain to become better at it. Since this is such a foundational mechanism of the brain, being self-aware can greatly enrich our life experience. Specific neurons and neurotransmitters, such as norepinephrine, trigger a defensive state when we feel that our thoughts have to be protected from the influence of others. If we are then confronted with differences in opinion, the chemicals that are released in the brain are the same ones that try to ensure our survival in dangerous situations. In this defensive state, the more primitive part of the brain interferes with rational thinking and the limbic system can knock out most of our working memory, physically causing narrow-mindedness. We see this in the politics of fear, in the strategy of poker players or simply when someone is stubborn in a discussion. No matter how valuable an idea is, the brain has trouble processing it when it is in such a state. On a neural level, it reacts as if we're being threatened, 
Even if this threat comes from harmless opinions or facts that we may otherwise find helpful and could rationally agree with. But when we express ourselves and our views are appreciated, these defense chemicals decrease in the brain and dopamine neurotransmission activates the reward neurons, making us feel empowered and increasing our self-esteem. Our beliefs have a profound impact on our body chemistry. This is why placebos can be so effective. Self-esteem or self-belief is closely linked to the neurotransmitter serotonin. When the lack of it takes on severe proportions, it often leads to depression, self-destructive behavior, or even suicide. Social validation increases the levels of dopamine and serotonin in the brain and allows us to let go of emotional fixations and become self-aware more easily. Social psychology often looks at the basic human need to fit in and calls this the normative social influence. When we grow up, our moral and ethical compass is almost entirely forged by our environment, so our actions are often a result of the validation we get from society. But new developments in neuroscience are giving us a better understanding of culture and identity. Recent neurological research has confirmed the existence of empathetic mirror neurons. When we experience an emotion or perform an action, specific neurons fire, but when we observe someone else performing this action, or when we imagine it, many of the same neurons will fire again, as if we were performing the action ourselves. These empathy neurons connect us to other people, allowing us to feel what others feel, and since these neurons respond to our imagination, we can experience emotional feedback from them as if it came from someone else. This system is what allows us to self-reflect. The mirror neuron does not know the difference between it and others, and is the reason why we are so dependent of social validation and why we want to fit in. We are in a constant duality between how we see ourselves and how others see us. This can result in confusion in terms of identity and self-esteem, and brain scans show that we experience these negative emotions even before we are aware of them. But when we are self-aware, we can alter misplaced emotions because we control the thoughts that cause them. This is a neurochemical consequence of how memories become labeled when retrieved and how they are restored through protein synthesis. Self-observing profoundly changes the way our brain works. It activates the self-regulating neocortical regions which give us an incredible amount of control over our feelings. Every time we do this, our rationality and emotional resilience are strengthened. When we are not being self-aware, most of our thoughts and actions are impulsive. 
And the idea that we are randomly reacting and not making conscious choices is instinctively frustrating. The brain resolves this by creating explanations for our behavior and physically rewriting it into our memories through memory reconsolidation, making us believe that we were in control of our actions. This is also called backward rationalization, and it can leave most of our negative emotions unresolved and ready to be triggered at any time. They become a constant fuel to our confusion as our brain will keep trying to justify why we behaved irrationally. When we use our mirror neurons to look at ourselves, we may construct the idea of identity. But if we do this with our scientific understandings, we see something completely different. The neural synergies that produce our oscillating consciousness go far beyond our own neurons. We are equally the result of cerebral hemispheres interacting electrochemically, as we are of the senses connecting our neurons to other neurons in our environment. Nothing is external. This is not a hypothetical philosophy. It is the basic property of mirror neurons, which allow us to understand ourselves through others. Seeing this neural activity as your own, while excluding the environment, would be a misconception. The common cultural belief has mostly been that we need a narrative, a diachronic view on our life, to establish moral values. But with our current understandings of the empathic and social nature of the brain, we now know that a purely scientific view with no attachment to our identity or story yields a far more accurate, meaningful and ethical paradigm than our anecdotal values. This is logical since our traditional tendency to define ourselves as imaginary individualistic constants neurally wires and designs the brain towards dysfunctional cognitive processes such as compulsive labeling and the psychological need to impose expectations. Practical labeling underpins all forms of interactions in our daily lives, but by psychologically labeling the self as internal and the environment as external, we constrain our own neurochemical processes and experience a diluted disconnection. Growth and its evolutionary side effects, such as happiness and fulfillment, are stimulated when we are not being labeled in our interactions. We may have many different views and disagree with one another in practical terms, but interactions that nevertheless accept us for who we are without judgment are neuropsychological catalysts that wire the human brain to acknowledge others and accept rationally verified belief systems without dissonance. Stimulating this type of neural activity and interaction alleviates the need for distraction or entertainment and creates cycles of constructive behavior in our environment. Sociologists have established that phenomena such as obesity and smoking, emotions and ideas spread and ripple through society 
in much the same way that electric signals of neurons are transferred when their activity is synchronized. Whatever the outcome, it is clear that we have entered an era where science is open to everyone. And if we can preserve unfiltered access to a neutral internet, we can test the validity of our ideas. We can enhance our imagination by making new correlations. And we can be part of the evolution of our understandings of the universe and of the mind. we have learned to approach reality differently and see everything as probabilities instead of certainties. In a mathematical sense, anything is possible. As well as in science as in our daily lives, the extent to which we can calculate or figure out probabilities is determined by our intellectual capability to recognize patterns. The less biased we are, the clearer we can identify these patterns and base our actions on reasonable probabilities. Since it's in the very nature of our brain's left hemisphere to deny ideas that do not fit into our current paradigm, the more attached we are to a belief system, the less able we are to make conscious choices for ourselves. But by observing this process, we expand our awareness and enhance our free will. It is said that wisdom comes with age, but with openness and skepticism, the key principles of the scientific method, we don't need decades of trial and error to sort out which of our convictions may be improbable. The question is not whether our beliefs are right or wrong, but whether or not being emotionally attached to them is more or less likely going to benefit us. There is no such thing as a free choice while being emotionally attached to a belief system. The moment we are self-aware enough to realize this, we can truly work together to figure out the real odds of what will benefit us the most. Gentlemen, let's broaden our mind. They're not going anywhere. If you're LeBron getting your James. ideas of what the earth, the shape of the earth from a, somebody who's a basketball player and not a not Neil deGrasse Tyson or someone like that, then good for you. And you go ahead and listen to Kyrie. And But know. B, that's not fair. You don't know. Maybe he did listen to those guys and maybe he listened to someone that he thinks is legit. Because uh, there's other researchers. Sir, sir, <laughs> sir um, let, me, let me tell you something right now. There's zero argument for the worth being fair. I agree. So me me and you are on the same here. Yeah. But for but let's say he listened to Neil deGrasse mm -hmm. Tyson he, 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 and then some other because there are some 
there are some researchers who do for whatever reason yeah, they, think the world's flat. They're not flat. researchers; they're idiots. But yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. But that still, they're okay. scientists. Yeah, but if Kyrie Irving believes that, then that part of his brain is dead, yeah. and he's a I dumb. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Man. But that's what he was saying, though. He said that he did his research, and that's the conclusion he came to. Yeah, so he's an idiot. Whatever, whoever he's yeah. listening to, that's what yeah. he's coming. But to. he's he and the people he's listening to are are dummies. That's and, a Duke and, education. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one, so, of great, one of the greatest academic again, schools in our nation. Yeah, you keep believing that, and that's all good. You know, you know the science. You're a scientist. When you have when when you have time, you're probably working on. Yeah, but know. B, you're not a scientist. So when no, you, I'm not. So why should no, I'm not listen? Brennan. You're not a historian oh, no, either. Definitely don't you're not listen a historian to me. Either. Don't definitely don't listen to me, my friend. But um, <laughs> but we but, do. But but well, because you can't just say if you're I'm, not a historian. No, this is or very. No, no, this is very. That's what you just said. This is a very important distinction. This is a very important distinction. Excuse me. When. All of the science, when I'm an educated guy who's been alive for 50 years, and there's no one, there's no scientist, there's no scientist, and I mean there's no, there's no one who has been alive, who is even a writer, who is a scientist, well, that's who, not is, true. who is a, an astronaut, who works at NASA, who would ever say that the Earth is flat. We put well, no, that to rest. We put that to rest. What, even when Christopher Columbus was alive, most people, most people who were educated knew the Earth was not flat. We put this. Beyond with so, you, brother. So when all you our listeners, I'd say ninety-nine percent of our listeners with you. I don't know. You're you're putting me on the same level as that moron. You can't do that. I can do that. No, you cannot no, do be, that. Be just because my you read it from someone form. else. How do you know? You do not know him. You do not know what Brendan, he researched. Brendan Schaub, when an idiot says Why that the is earth is flat, whoa, whoa, whoa. he's Why an, is idiot he an idiot. Because he's saying the earth is flat, and that's From an his idiotic. Opinion, though. It's, his opinion is idiotic, Brendan. It, it, when are it you comes to his, the earth, I'm not defending but him. Why but you, you are defending him. I'm not. Don't put him on the same level. Let, I, I, let, me, talk. let me talk. This is very important. That's all you've been doing. Let me talk. Now, you've been talking the whole podcast. Let me talk. Why are you so upset? Because, Why are you so because I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of this yeah, Alex Jones. You do this Jones. with Eddie Bravo. I'm tired of this out because it's, it's because it would be, it would get ugly. I am tired of this Alex Jones stuff. I am tired of, uh, you know, I was thinking about this at 50 years old. I'm tired of, I'm not going to try to be liked any, anymore because I think there's such ignorance in the world, starting with Donald Trump, who's calling all the news fake. Who's, who's uh, the, you know, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of the media, but I am so sick and tired of all these people with all their, their misinformed points of view, where they, they are just completely bucking eons of history and knowledge that's been earned. There is scientific knowledge, like vaccines, antibiotics, like the earth being round. These things have been earned over, over hundreds of years. And by the way, we all benefit every single day from science that has been earned, that has been experimented on, that has been proved. For example, the science that goes into your phone, the science that goes into giving you fresh vegetables and food in the wintertime, the science that gives you life-saving drugs, whether you have Hodgkin's lymphoma or you have a, uh, an infection. These are the things that we benefit from every single day. They are, they are empirically proven, meaning that they are measured from independent lines of inquiry. And all of a sudden with the Internet, you have these cuckoo birds who come out and start talking about the earth being flat. They start coming out and talking about how 
there are these giant rings of globalist pedophiles who are controlling the strings and this virtuous guy named Donald Trump is coming along and saving the day. When you have the benefit of spending a lot of time being educated and seeing and understanding how patterns emerge and studying history and seeing how bad ideas come about and kill people. <laughs> That's what happens. People die when the wrong ideas win the day. That's really what happens. And people get hurt. And when you stop vaccinating your children blanketly because you don't trust anything about the pharmaceutical companies and you don't know how they're evil, you don't know how to distinguish between wh how they are evil, why they're evil, but you just blanket them and say they're all liars the way Eddie Bravo does. What happens is you get kids who don't get vaccinated. You get kids who start getting measles. My child who doesn't develop herd immunity because the vaccine doesn't take can get measles. It just goes on and on. And when bad ideas win the day, it is destructive. It is dangerous. That's why I get passionate. That's why I get mad when anybody says that Kyrie Irving has a point when he says the earth is flat. Never said he had a point. You but, done? But, but, why are said you, a point. but why are you even saying that we should you, even I, it, be uh, saying that his opinion should be respected? It's, it's not. You, you, don't, you don't have to respect them. You barely know who he is. I'm saying if he says there's flat under my research, I don't give a fuck. He's not a researcher. But you can't call him a dummy. You of don't even know the guy. I can. Of course I can. KB. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It'd be like saying, Brennan, well, watch this. I, it, it's it, literally the equivalent of me saying, you know that uh, some humans can fly, right? Like they have wings. I've looked at the science. See, if you said that, I wouldn't call you a dummy. I'd laugh at you. Well, like you're... Okay, so I'll just laugh at him. That's fine. I don't think he, he may not be a dummy across the board, but there are certain, like, intelligence is compartmentalized, right? I, I would say that's ridiculous that he said Thank that. You. I would not say Kyrie Irving is a dummy. But we no. do have, but listen, it, what I'm mad about is that we I have a lot of bullshit on the internet. I think you need to do this in front of someone who believes this, because when Eddie Bravo was around, you don't say shit. Because, because I don't think it would, I like Eddie too much. I don't have a debate, and I, though. Because you can't debate Eddie. You know that. Because Eddie would never listen to what I'm saying. Eddie, and I don't want to do that to Eddie. Because you're talking like it's this massive I, I don't think that the fight companion... I, well, well, when Alex Jones gets 60 million downloads, I get very worried when, when the Sandy Hook parents get harassed and get hate Th that they're lying. The trolls. I, 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 I get very offended when I, I get very offended when I listen to that podcast with Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo and Alex Jones talking about this. See, stuff, but you're around. I get dude. you're around. I well, would say it's a movement. Well, I, I think I think when you have that many you're people listening, I worry. Listening. When I have a president of the United States t saying that that it's fake news, when the FBI and the CIA says, "Hey, man, by the way, we just got these intercepts," the conversations that Flynn had and what he relayed to the vice president were not actually true. There's, there's some discrepancies. Now, that's just a fact that the FBI and the CIA and, and the intelligence agencies give to the White House. They give it to the White House yeah, Council. Do, yeah. Well, now what happens is you get the president who doesn't acknowledge that and says it's all fake news. I get worried because Alex Jones says it's fake news. And now you've got a lot of people saying it's fake news, and we're not listening to this, this guy who believes he's a king up there. That, so for me, I start seeing history, and I get nervous, and I get worried. I'm very nervous. I, 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 how many people do you know that I dislike? You always make fun of me because I like everybody. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, don't I? Besides Trump, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. No, I don't everyone. mind Kyrie Irving. 
I don't like, you know, you know, if I don't like somebody, I think he's a clear and present danger. I'm that dramatic. You like about some moron. I do. Some actual and, dummies. And, and you know, if I dislike somebody, he called I got Kyrie some good a dummy. Reasons. I'm like, well, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Uh, he's not relevant. Kyrie is my uh, my little brother. He's my all-star point guard, superstar point guard. And if he decides he wants to say the earth is flat, then so be it. So uh, <laughs> he has a he's an interesting guy, man. And, uh, you know, he believes in something. Kyrie. The earth is flat, right? Yeah. 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 So, whatever. That's news. That's news. There we go. <laughs> we interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Sounds like suicide. Now, back to our show. From the earliest known depictions of the Earth, it's always been flat and enclosed by a dome. The Egyptians, Norse, Hindus, Mayans, Incas, Navajos, Hebrews, 
etc. All knew that the earth is flat and covered by the firmament, which is basically an impenetrable barrier encapsulating the flat plane. The flat earth model dominated for thousands of years. It wasn't until 1543 that Nicholas Copernicus proposed the heliocentric model of the universe. But even with that, flat earthers and the flat earth model still went strong all the way up into the 1900s. We see proof of that with books like Zetetic Cosmogony by Thomas Winship, published in 1899. Terra Firma, The Earth Not a Planet, Proved from Scripture, Reason, and Fact, by David Wardlaw Scott, published in 1901. Or even Kings Dethroned, by Gerard Hickson, published in 1922, where the author details all of the problems with heliocentrism and the mistakes made by people like Copernicus, Einstein, Newton, Kepler, etc. So we see from the beginning of time all the way until the 1900s, the flattened stationary earth was going strong. In all honesty, flat earth has never died. But for the sake of this video, we'll say up into the early and mid-1900s. In a magazine from August 1931 called Popular Science, explorer August Picard went on record stating, It seemed a flat disk with an upturned edge after ascending 10 miles high on a balloon. 10 miles is only a little over 50,000 feet. Today we have balloons going up to 121,000 plus feet, which is almost 23 miles, and the Earth still shows nothing but flatness. Not to mention the horizon remains at eye level at that height, something that would not be possible if the Earth was a sphere. Mainstream science says that curvature becomes visible at 35,000 feet. It simply is not so. Now let's run through another timeline, the timeline of trying to hide the flat earth. Now we're gonna exclude Copernicus here. We know that heliocentrism, spinning ball earth, has been pushed since the 1500s, but it wasn't until the 1900s that moves were made to hide the true shape and nature of the earth. In fact, they started programming us in 1912, before Earth's shape was even proven, supposedly. With the founding of Universal Pictures, we have been shown a spinning globe before every movie by that company for over a hundred years. But anyway, that started in 1912, and we kept cruising, and kept cruising, and in 1946, we have Operation High Jump where an expedition to Antarctica was led by Admiral Richard E. Byrd. They say they went to Antarctica to train, test equipment, and test the possibilities of establishing and maintaining military research bases. They claim to have charted the Antarctic coastline during this time. Who knows what else they found? Fast forward a little bit. 1955, Operation Deep Freeze. This is just an expansion of high jump, where more research bases are added to Antarctica. Fast forward a little more, 1958. NASA is established, followed by the proposal of the Antarctic Treaty in 1959, and the implementation of it in 1961. The treaty basically puts Antarctica off-limits to civilians, with the exception of guided tours that are carefully supervised. In 1962, Operation Fishbowl takes place. 
Now this is where people start thinking that they found the firmament or dome during Operation High Jump or Operation Deep Freeze because for some reason they started firing nuclear missiles straight up as if trying to mess with the firmament somehow. And not to mention the name of the project, Fishbowl, easily symbolic for the enclosed nature of our world. A lot of people don't believe in nukes, nuclear weapons, but I obviously can't confirm one way or the other. Just do your own research. Okay, so the same year, 1962, JFK gives his famous We choose to go to the moon speech. Now I think all of these events tie into these guys finding out about the true disposition of Earth, including the crystalline canopy that we can't get past. Keep that in mind. They know we are trapped in and we can't leave. And they choose to pretend like we can leave, which comes back and bites them in the ass later. We'll get there, but let's continue. Four years later, 1966, Lunar Orbiter 1 captures the supposed first ever picture of Earth from deep space. Two years after that, in 1968, Apollo 8 captures this. In 1969, they capture this after Apollo 11 lands man on the moon for the very first time. And in 1972, on their sixth and final trip to the moon, we get one of the most famous pictures of all time, the blue marble. These alleged pictures of Earth, especially 1972's Blue Marble, are the entire reason behind pretending to go to the moon in the first place. The spherical Earth-Flat Earth debate is over. All the ancient cultures of the world and all of the authors writing Flat Earth books well into the 1900s are incorrect. The Earth is not flat. NASA has proved it. It's over. You live on a spinning ball, just like Universal Pictures predicted. Only one problem with that. It's now 2017. Curvature cannot be detected by anyone on Earth. Motion can't be detected, nor has it ever been proven. And now all of the sudden, we can't figure out how to get past low Earth orbit. Early in the next decade, a set of crewed flights will test and prove the systems required for exploration beyond low Earth orbit. Like, I'm listening to what you're saying, but I only hear what I want to. Mr. President, I'm Bill Nye, CEO of the Planetary Society, the world's largest non-governmental space interest organization. We're a nonpartisan organization funded by over 50,000 members, people around the world with different political beliefs who are united in their support for space science and exploration. Ever since it was created, NASA has had bipartisan support. You have the opportunity to provide clear direction to our nation's space program. The advances and discoveries made on your watch could be historic. As you consider NASA's direction and its new leadership team, the Planetary Society's Board of Directors and I would like to offer five recommendations for the United States Space Program during your tenure. Number one, keep the planet Mars as the goal for human space exploration. We strongly recommend against starting over. Let's maintain all of the existing programs, robotic missions, crew capsules, and rocket programs already in development. Let's keep this momentum going and get humans to Mars in our lifetimes. Number two, 
orbit Mars first. We convened a workshop with over 70 of the world's spaceflight experts to study an affordable, executable set of space missions that would put humans in orbit around Mars in the year 2033. Then two or more years later, we would land the first humans there. This is the same way we explored the moon. Apollo 8 orbited the moon before Apollo 11 landed there. An independent evaluation found this plan for Mars to be technically feasible and affordable, needing only small budget increases to match inflation. Major aerospace industries and other NASA centers have studied similar plans for this sustainable, focused approach. We could get humans to Mars in just 15 years if we commit now and for the long term. Number three, strengthen NASA science. NASA has four science divisions that explore the deep cosmos, our solar system, the sun, and our home planet Earth. NASA engineers and technicians build and launch robotic spacecraft that support tens of thousands of American jobs in engineering, precision manufacturing, and science. I urge you to embrace the full potential of all of NASA's science programs so they can continue to lead the world in science, technology, and exploration. Number four, embrace commercial space. The ambitions and capabilities of private space companies have grown substantially in the past decade. Let's unleash private investment in low Earth orbit and find ways to encourage this next generation of entrepreneurs and inventors to blaze a trail to Mars and beyond. There's a new movement for space happening today. Let's keep it going. Number five, five over five. Here's what I'm talking about. Our citizens expect so much of NASA. The organization is often asked to do a lot with not quite enough. We recommend that you propose a 5% boost to NASA's budget every year for the next five years, five over five. These small increases would give NASA the resources necessary to achieve its goals. This is money that gets spent on Earth in the United States and supports tens of thousands of jobs across the country. Without these budget increases, NASA won't have the ability to send humans anywhere. Not to the moon, not to Mars, not anywhere. In Congress, there is bipartisan support for increasing NASA's budget. Your administration has the opportunity to lead by taking this critical first step. Mr. President, I would be pleased to discuss these recommendations with you the Vice President or members of your staff in person. Since we were founded in 1980, the Planetary Society has worked with both parties to advance space science and exploration. For decades, our members have supported the mission to Pluto that became New Horizons. We support the missions to Mars, including Sojourner, Spirit, Opportunity, Curiosity, and the upcoming Mars 2020 rover. We recently helped NASA begin work on a new mission, the Europa Clipper, to explore the ocean moon of Jupiter that may harbor life. We support the space telescopes, Kepler, Spitzer, Hubble, and Webb. Next time you visit the halls of Congress, take pride in the space images that hang on office walls. Space brings out the best in us. There are two questions deep within each of us. Where did we come from? And are we alone in the universe? To answer these questions, we have to explore space. 
Historic discoveries await us. With your leadership, we may find life elsewhere in the cosmos. Get humans on the Martian surface and witness the opening of a new marketplace in space. Thank you for considering our recommendations. The Planetary Society urges you to embrace NASA's potential and make investments that will advance space science and exploration for all humankind. Thank you. Now, one thing I really want your generation to embrace is that the Earth is a closed system. We cannot leave the Earth. There's no place to go. Now, one thing I really want your generation to embrace is that the Earth is a closed system. We cannot leave the Earth. There's no place to go. Now, one thing I really want your generation to embrace is that the Earth is a closed system. We cannot leave the Earth. There's no place to go. Now, one thing I really want your generation to embrace is that the Earth is a closed system. We cannot leave the Earth. There's no place to go. Early in the next decade, a set of crewed flights will test and prove the systems required for exploration beyond low Earth orbit. The bigger you build the bonfire, the more darkness you will reveal. About two years ago, in late 2014, early 2015, I was exposed to the Flat Earth Theory. Though at the time I was intrigued by the idea, I still thought it was impossible. I kept looking at it anyway. Some things I laughed at, some things made me think to myself, hmm, that actually makes sense. So from January 2015 to October 2015, it became an everyday thing for me to wake up, get my coffee, and then sit down and look at the Flat Earth Theory. At least that's what I used to call it, Flat Earth Theory. After 10 months of examining the information available and also figuring out other things on my own, it became quite clear that the Flat Earth is the truth. Do we know the exact layout of the Flat Earth? No but I still believe that the Gleason's map is possibly the real deal, but I'm not certain. One thing I know for sure is that no one has debunked it. It's only been denied by people who can't adequately show why it doesn't work. To me, it makes sense that Gleason's map is accurate because it easily converts into the globe model, and that's how this deception started. They just turned the accurate flat map into a globe and said, this is where you live. And many people say the Gleason's map is just a flat representation of the globe, which is wrong. If you look at the bottom corners of the map, it clearly states that the sun moves in circles around the tropics, meaning that the creator of the map knew that the earth didn't move. But also, Alexander Gleason wrote a book called, Is the Bible from Heaven? Is the Earth a Globe? And you can easily see for yourself in the book that he is a flat earther. Now the thing is that his map wasn't released until 1892. But the flat earth map, now called the azimuthal equidistant map, has been around since about the year 1000, possibly earlier. That's older than the oldest known globe on earth which comes from 1492. And that's actually around the time that this whole deception started. It was during the lifetime of Copernicus and around the time of the creation of the Jesuits. 
We don't know all the exact details because we know that history has been rewritten time and time again to benefit those who have put themselves in charge. But if you are honest with yourself, you can see clearly that this heliocentric globe-earth deception began around 500 years ago. Anyway, back to the maps. Let's just say for a minute that Flat Earthers don't have a good map. Well, either do Globe Earthers. Check this out. How many of you have ever seen a map that looked like this before? How many of you have ever seen this map? Seen that map? Yeah. Isn't this the map that you use K through 16 in the United States of America? Now, folks, look at this map. According to your, so, your social studies teacher, what is the equator? Right An imaginary line where? Yeah. Around the center of the Earth. Then if this map is correct, then the equator must be here, and Chicago has a tropical climate. Now, folks, this is the map that we use in the schools. Look where the United States is in the middle of the world, right? Now, here's the USSR, which is no more, of course, Mongolia, China, Africa, uh, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Now, look over here. USSR, Mongolia, China, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Twindy is here. We have two Indias. Did you know that? Now, people, this is a flat-out lie. Look at the size of Greenland and the size of South America. According to your social studies teachers, what were continents? Largest land masses on the face of the earth, right? Now, do you know the continents? Africa, Asia, Australia, Antarctica, Europe, North America, and South America. Did I say Greenland? Well, Greenland isn't a continent, but it's a huge land mass according to this map, right? The map is a flat-out lie, people. If you read the legend on the map, here it says, in fact, South America is actually nine times larger than Greenland. I beg your pardon? If you actually take the time to look into the flat earth and all of its angles, it becomes 100% crystal clear that we do not live on a spinning ball flying through infinite space. Some folks say that it would be impossible to be nighttime and daytime on a flat earth at the same time. But if you actually looked, then you would know that it's completely possible. Because the sun is closer and smaller. Here's a video from an Alaskan cruise. Uh, you probably wouldn't believe this if we didn't show you. Here's out our balcony. It's about 10 o'clock at night. It's almost dark. It's amazing. You can see the moon shining and reflecting brilliantly on the water. But then as you pan to the left, it's actually still daylight over here. And the sunset. Look at that beauty. And it won't ever completely settle over there. It will stay light. Actually, the whole night. But over here, the moon rising out of Day and night at the same time. Just in that area alone. Of course it would be possible on a bigger scale. Now this brings me to the division that Flat Earth has caused among the so-called truth community. A lot of people that suffer heavily from cognitive dissonance say that the Flat Earth information is a PSYOP and it only serves to divide us and discredit those of us that see the information as correct. But this is not true. It's only an excuse for cowards that are scared of the information for one reason or another. Some people don't want to accept the Flat Earth because of the implications of a creator. Some people can't accept it because of the mental conditioning coming from schools and television that they have been dealing with their whole life. Whatever the reason, I can understand up to a certain extent, but if you have really dove into the Flat Earth info, and I mean really dove into it, 
Like you let go of your preconceived notions of what the earth is and you examined it unbiasedly. There's no way, no way that you would come back thinking that the earth is a spinning ball. You may come to the conclusion that you honestly just don't know, or you may be a hundred percent sure that the earth is indeed flat, but you would never accept the heliocentric model of the universe after genuinely looking into the flat earth for a good amount of time, which leads me to my next point about the division that flat earth has caused, because it has caused division. What the flat earth has done is divide the real truth seekers from the run of the mill people that don't know the truth when it slaps them in the face. The flat earthers that I interact with are the most logical, down to earth people that I know, and they have amazing sense and excellent intuition. Don't get me wrong, there are people that are imitating flat earthers and they pretend to be absolutely batish crazy in order to discredit the flat earth, and there's most likely genuinely crazy people that are flat earthers, or at least they come off as crazy, so it's not good for the flat earth cause, but that's to be expected. There's some very crazy people in this world, flat earthers or not. Got your results back. And, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but the test was positive. You're a basic bitch. Flat Earth has given me good reason to pay attention to people. It's simple, really. If they are flat earthers, then they have the ability to overcome cognitive dissonance. Therefore, they are sincere in their pursuit of truth. Not all flat earthers though, because some are obvious shills. But also, you don't have to be a flat earther for me to take you seriously. It's just that flat earthers and ball earth skeptics that admit they don't know have more credibility because flat earth is the truth. But I can't be mad at anybody who hasn't taken the time to look at flat earth. It's when you have looked at it and you conclude that it's bullshit is when I have a problem with someone or I stop paying attention to someone. There's no use in me wasting my time on someone that can't even admit the truth to themselves. That's how I see it. Flat Earth has been everything but proven 100%. But what do you expect? There's a 500 year and running conspiracy to hide the truth from us. It's not like it's supposed to be extremely easy to figure out. That's the whole point with truth seeking. People have covered up the truth and we are trying to uncover it. It's not supposed to be a piece of cake. So leave your ego behind if you're really about the truth. Because this is bigger than all of us. It's not about me. It's not about Eric Dubay. It's not about Jaronism. It's not about who found it first or whatnot. It's about the truth and getting it across to people in the most successful way possible. And that's it. All I want is to see people wake up and take their power back. At least take their minds back. That's where the power is. That's what they have done to us. They've taken our minds. The flat earth truth does away with all of the mind's control. It does away with the bogus theory of evolution. It does away with the dinosaur deception. It does away with the lie that there are aliens out there. And though we still end up with more questions than answers, our minds are freed. And that's how real change is going to happen. Put down that iPhone or Blackberry, look up from your computer screen or video game, stop texting, emailing, chatting online. It turns out that the internet could be driving us crazy. It's for daring to question the things that we are all told we cannot question, and for asking for evidence from the people who claim they use the scientific method to reach their far-fetched facts. All of those researchers who have gone out and tried to research things for themselves, 
who have tried to test and find proofs, all have been met with an unfathomable amount of hate, ridicule, shaming, name-calling, threats, and much, much more, simply because they question the globe. To question the truth should be welcomed. Why would anyone get upset because you questioned the accepted facts and figures? Well, welcome to the world of Flat Earth. What Flat Earth has done in two years is caused more people to read and research and test, not to mention to appreciate the world where we all live, than science has done in the previous ten years combined. And while the comment section below will be riddled with name-calling, moron, idiot, fool, don't procreate, etc., please understand that these are just people doing science, and for some reason, science has a problem with that. So, while those who hate anyone who questions what they already swear is the truth do absolutely nothing to better humanity, those of us who do care about others are trying to expose the biggest lie in the history of mankind. Not for personal gain, not for fame and fortune, not for millions of dollars, but simply because they want everyone to at the very least get a chance to research the accusations we are making. Instead of the scientific community testing or explaining or sharing the ways we know the things to be true, we are laughed at, ridiculed, and given dumb f of the year awards. Pretty convenient. Every day that passes, NASA gets another $50 million, and science continues their research with faulty foundations and untrue axioms. Yet still, rather than join us in simply asking for evidence of some of science's more grandiose claims, those who you'll see in the comments below will swear by it, defend it, and not with science and proof, but with name-calling and hate. Science must be testable, and it must be falsifiable. So I challenge you to go back 500 years and track the science behind astronomy and cosmology. Track the scientific tests and find the proof that Earth spins. Find the test that says we are 93 million miles away from the Sun. Find the test that shows that we orbit the Sun. Find the proof that the Big Bang took place and find the proof that we are not sitting dead smack in the center of the universe. What were their observations and did they make decisions based on those observations? Or did they make decisions based on philosophical criteria? Science? Philosophical criteria? Yes, we're told that science uses the scientific method and that all our so-called truths have passed through these steps and tests. But if you do the research, you may just reach the conclusion that many of us already have. We sure are in a, in a weird place in this country, aren't we? A weird, weird place. to swallow of call your bravado if you dismiss the dubay you're dead or your head's just hollow i used to marvel at your little blue marble but now it's impossible to confidence your global model <laughs> life on the ball fantastic we don't fall 
is lying. They can't wrap their curved mind around the flat horizon. It isn't that surprising when they feel they got a license to utter other fallacies like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Saying the earth is pear-shaped. What you free, Basin? You are just an actor, clown, front man, Freemason. Tilting your earth 23.4 degrees, leaving you with sick, sick, sick. Now you're on your knees. Filating these demons, see Satan has stolen your power at 66,600 miles an hour. Life on the ball. It's beautiful. Fantastic. We don't fall. You Stuck in a spin cycle Amazing how the sun can shine so high Hoodwinked and bamboozled Life on the ball It's magical Gravity explains it all <laughs> Nothing short of laughable Be thankful that the moon remains in your sky You better count your lucky stars, Earthling Don't worry, uh, we're all going to be living on nothing soon enough. And, uh, you know, with a little bit of help from our friends, maybe, just maybe, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. It's time to giggle. I feel like kids these days ain't shit. Shows like Scared Straight used to work for me. But nobody's afraid of jail anymore. I think they should change that show to Scared Straight Day Jobs. <laughs> Bring that same badass kid to the back of McDonald's and let the dude flipping the fries yell at him. 
What's up, motherfucker? You know where you at? McDonald's, nigga. I make six seventy-five an hour. I can't buy shit with that. Is that what you want? You like 30 minute lunch breaks? Cause that's where you headed. <laughs> I stopped giving money to homeless people that don't look homeless enough. It's like if you got shoes on, the struggle's not that real yet. One more? Sure. Yeah, one All right. more. Okay. Yeah. Why was it always that one kid in high school that was good at doing flips? It's like I didn't learn this shit in my PE class. Where's that kid now, though? It's not in the Olympics. Just waiting for a barbecue to pop off or some shit. <laughs> now, go find the others. Dot com. So as far as I'm concerned, I've had enough of science. I've had enough of all this doctors and PhDs. I know what's going on here. We've been lied to, and I mean big time.